and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast, P O U R E D cast, which I'm going to stop mentioning soon. Of course, it is Nick Cameron, joined by the man who sees the good in everything, Emmanuel Kant Chakas. It's the impossibility of reason. Of course, it is beer, metal, and swearing. What beer are you drinking today, Nick? Well, I actually was going to get a Christmas ale uh, when I went out shopping today. I had to run a couple, had to run a couple of quick, stupid errands, which I didn't want to run. But I did get my wife flowers and bought a new broom and swept the kitchen, so I'm feeling pretty good about my husbandry. But the store I went to, our grocery stores typically have a really good beer selection, and this one, this one is a little bit squiffy in every. I once went there directly after an armed robbery, like within 20 minutes of, and the cops were still there, but I figured, well, shit, it's probably the safest schnooks in the, in the city right now. They're not, nobody's going to hit it twice. There's too many cops here. And they did not have any Christmas ale. I was looking for the, oh God, Boulevard Brewing Nutcracker Ale or the Schlafly Christmas Ale or the... Uh, Bell's Brewing Christmas Ale, but none of it was there, so I ended up going just with my Squatters Craft Beers Hop Rising Double IPA, which is a standard of mine. A delicious 10% IPA. That is really a phenomenal beer story. I have a much less phenomenal beer story, although I do have my third unique and new beer in a row. I did finish all of the Fort Points which is a travesty because that is my new delicious favorite beer. And what I have tonight, it's not a very special beer, but it is a beer that I like. Uh, Blue Moon, which is a band that I, uh, a brand that I like. And you often see the commercial with the beautiful pour and the orange sliver in it, notes of fruit, as wine fools would say. And then this is Blue Moon, Moon Haze, uh, hazy, juicy, pale ale. And as you know, I like the pale ales. And so we're going to, I already have enjoyed one of these prior to this, but I do like the pale ales and I do like Blue Moon as a beautiful looking beer. Oh my goodness. That looks like a ginger ale practically or like a dark, like a weird cream ale root beer. It was a gorgeous color. Yes, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous copper color. The When you see a, uh, an, uh, an IPA this color, it's got the Cascade hops, the Noble hops, the West Coast hops, the Midwest hops, which is much, for my personal palate, much better than the Citra, the Hazy, those kinds of things, the grapefruity kinds of hops, which I'm not, I'm just not a real big fan of. Uh, this one is a great beer. It is, um, it's available all year round. I don't know where Squatters is based out of. But uh, big shout out to Squatters because this thing is just, just amazing. And it's got a nice malty backbone, which is what I like in a double IPA. Give me a strong malt backbone and a, give me a strong hop forward beer with a malty finish. Delicious. A malty backbone is what I like to say about my women. I'm not touching that stuff. So what are we talking about today? We are... Still talking about Monty Python's epic album run. Um, I do think it bears a little discussion about their increasing popularity. And like we, we talked about in kind of the preamble 
uh, as these things I, I tend think to be. we need to actually reference the thing we talked about before going on air and let me just say that i'm not going to go too deep my terrible personal life in corporate slavery <laughs> uh, no not that well let that oh be, oh the other let thing. that be a surprise um, okay monty python john cleese is a very very ardent anti-pc kind of person and it's worth noting that monty python came together in the 60s and the 60s were a very different time and it is almost impossible to judge humor from three generations ago by today's standards so there are some problematic bits in these records especially on uh matching tie and handkerchief which if it yes. didn't have some problematic stuff it would actually be a really great it's a really great sketch apart from that and we're just gonna There's ignore a few. we're just gonna ignore that we're gonna ignore the real problematic stuff and yeah i, I will, here's here's a fun thing you can relate to because you've been on a huge gore kick i don't know if you uh do spotify you did your spotify wrapped like everybody else is doing today i can't get mine to work Typically, no, I, I actually don't even have a Spotify account. That's brilliant, and I'm glad you don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I wish those. Bandcamp. I know. I wish Bandcamp did a wrap. That would make oh, a lot more sense. We didn't do a vinyl check in. We didn't, but I will. I have to. We'll hold. We'll, we'll hold the vinyl check in for sort of an in between. Fair enough. In a second, we will do one because I know you have one and I have one. Um, weird week, everybody. Sorry, we're 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 yeah, we're all. We probably should start scripting these and have an outline and be a Fuck little more noise. professional. But... No, no, no. I know. I'm distracted did, by your. If we did that, it would play in Peoria. I. That's true. I'm distracted by your awesome shirt. Also, I gotta say, it was my first. Uh, we're not gonna mention the band that shall not be named anymore. But like, it is a great shirt. Um. And that certain special band is playing a 40th anniversary concert in my hometown, to which I now have an extra ticket to. Anyway, you might maybe you want to fly out for that. I don't know. I don't think you can, but it's short notice. Sixteen days from now. Anyway, can't make that. I'm out of time. Ah, damn it. Um, I know. I'm sorry. That's okay. I I will say that things don't always hold up. I just saw. I saw. I did see Testament, Death Angel, and Exodus, and that was amazing. And everything they did holds up. And there's nothing uh, squiffy, as you would say, about that show. But I did see Gore in between our two recordings this week and last week. I saw Gwar week Monday, week ago Monday. And you know, they have some old, that like it was a super cool show and they definitely are like packed with activity and, and goreness, right? But they did do like a, a an old joke they brought back, an old killing they brought back, an old song that hadn't played in a while. And I was a little disappointed because it is, an, it is a bit that does not hold up for me and did dampen the show for me a bit um because i'm just not cool like yes it's meant to be irreverent it's meant to be jarring it's meant to be on you know it's gore it's supposed it's entertainment it's satire it's wild um but you unfortunately have to ask yourself you may ask yourself does this hold up anymore is a modern audience is this appropriate for a modern audience? It was cool. And I think it's also an artistic choice to not second guess yourself. That's fine. 
but you kind of have to in this day and age. I'm not saying I was outraged, but it just didn't sit right with me. It's going to factor into my review, kind of dampen the mood a little bit for me as much as I love the show and I had a good time. And I stayed all night till they played Fuck This Place, which is like a modern banger by Gore. It's maybe my new favorite Gore song. Uh, other than the historical greatness of Sick of You. But, like, yeah, just the thing. Like, we're revisiting a lot of stuff that's in the Wayback Machine. And sometimes we're going to have to have these tough discussions. I don't want to be like, hey, we really can't. We've got to gloss over this thing and gloss over that thing because these things are shitty. But also, like, remember that Monty Python was pushing back against the arch-conservative, borderline totalitarian... Great Britain in the 70s, the Iron Maggie and all that shit. They were punk rock sketch comedy. They really were. That, I mean, you have, and you have to take what they're saying. There is a sketch on one of these records that we're going to discuss when they have famous authors meeting with the prince and saying the most revolting things to a member of royalty. You know, this is Oscar Wilde, James Whistler, in the 1910s when the king still mattered. Yes, they really were trying to, some of their stuff has shock value. And some of it is just very highbrow comedy. And either way, sometimes those things go over the head of the viewer. And in this day and age when everybody is overly sensitive about everything, we just have to be careful. Correct. And so you just have to be mindful. That and For the record, the... going back to Guar, there, I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, Duncan and I did an episode on Guar's debut record, Hello. And uh, for the first time in my life, and I've been listening to that record for 30 years, I paid attention to the lyrics. And it's like, holy shit. Uh, yeah, I never really noticed how wow that record gets. Yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, that's okay. That's, uh, you know, that's, they're not going to apologize now for what they did 35, 36 years ago. But I should also they? listened to it. I mean, for the, when I first heard it, it was taped onto the end of a tape that had Nirvana, Nevermind, and a couple of Guar tunes at the end. And then I bought the, re, the re-release version on Metal Blade, which had no... I mean, it didn't even have the photos of the band on it. I think I think Hello is a huge improvement over Nirvana's Nevermind, much as I like that record. I would agree. Uh, I would agree. And I, that, that was actually what caught my attention. This was back in the tape trading days when uh, we didn't all have uh, 15 bucks to go to the mall and go to Sam Goody. Andy. Oh, Sam Goody. I miss Sam Goody. That's why I bought the Metallica box set. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say their name. Oops. Sorry. Anywho, so... Well, vinyl check-in, though. A vinyl check-in. Are we doing that now? Yeah, let's do the vinyl check-in and then go on to the two albums. All righty. I had an explosion this past couple of... This past week and a half or so. I guess week. On Friday, I decided I was going to order... Wednesday. I ordered... No, I already talked about that one, so we'll skip that one. But, um... There is this record store in my mom's old neighborhood called Dead Wax Records. Dead Wax Records. It's a tiny little store. It's not much bigger than the room I'm in. And those are my favorite record stores now. Because you don't have the choice paralysis of a 35,000 square foot store. 
like Vintage Vinyl or Joe's Records STL, although that second one is going to come into this too. And they, they have this new trick to get me to go into the store. They post videos of records I want that they have. Bastards. It's, it's very, it's insidious. So they posted a video showing uh, the two, the only two um, Dio records from the classic run I didn't have, which are Holy Diver and Last in Line. Are they special or are they just the plain old black box? No, OG. Oh, the OG pressing, okay. So were they down, were they pricey or just kind of value priced? Hear me out. Hear me out. I went down <laughs> oh, there. Here it comes. And I, I mentioned to the kid, she's like, Do you like David Bowie? And I'm like, I want Ziggy Stardust. And then the people started helping me. And I'm like, no, I'm really here looking for Dio. I'm like, oh, they're over here. I mean, that's got to be a weird thing to hear if you think about it. Bowie is like the Stairway to Heaven riff in a guitar store, though. It will definitely make everybody come running. You know what? I'm going to start using that. So, uh, yeah, man. Do that. I wonder if they have any Bowie here. Oh, you're looking for Bowie? No. Can I help I'm you? Looking... No, I'm looking for Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> do, you have pro... do you have Diamond Dogs? Actually, I'm looking for Prostitute Disfigurement. Can you help me with that? Do you have Eaten Back to Life, perhaps? You know... Or maybe some late era deicide when there's nobody in the band. Anywho, so she she takes me over where I find them last in line, which is probably my second most nostalgic favorite deicide record. Uh, but when this posts, we'll be just about ready to publish actually the uh, DMA episode on. Um, Lock up the wolves, which was the first one I ever got. But last in line was like the first time I really discovered Dio as a solo artist, and so that so they had that night. It's twenty bucks. Okay, fine, twenty bucks. I'll do that. Then there's Holy Diver, which is sitting behind shot in the or um, no rest for the wicked. No, the one right before that, the second Jakey e. Lee Ozzy record. Uh, God, I'm not going to be able to remember that now. Anyway, uh, that shit was $50 for the worst Aussie record of the classic run. So I also don't have it. Notice I used the present tense. And then there's, 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 there's Holy Diver. And the cover is clean. It looks wonderful. I pick it up. I flip it over. And it's $50. And I thought, I could skip a couple of lunches and get this, but I'm not. Uh, I then ended up picking up a repressing of uh, L.A. Woman from the late 70s for 15 bucks, sure. Then uh, next day, we took my wife to get her, uh, her booster shot for COVID. Mine is tomorrow. My daughter's second shot to be fully vaxxed is Monday, so... Our family's kicking ass, taking names on the vaccinations. And I'm like, hey, who wants to go to the fucking mall? They're like, which mall do you want to go to? South County Mall. Okay. So we're walking in. Oh, look, there's a, I look at my daughter and I go, do you remember why I like this mall? She goes, no. We walk up and I go, that. There is a legitimate record store in the mall. 
and they they have it what it's because it's so new their use section is terrible i was actually looking for a copy of come taste the band by deep purple so i could listen to that on vinyl for the dma podcast that we did on on that one because duncan had it on vinyl so i had to i had to at least be there didn't have it as near as i could tell they did have holy shit so much and i'm like going do i get faith no more for 30 bucks or the puppet master for 40 bucks we get home with faith no more although if, if it had been spider's lullaby I would have been like, I'm going to get yelled at, and it's worth it. But it was Puppet Master. I may go back and get it still, though. Don't, don't. Anyway, so we, we get home. I'm listening to it. My wife comes up, and she's like, hey, our Billy Qdoba was $35.35, and your dad's record store bill was $35.85. And I'm like, yeah, I got this one. And she's like, wait a minute, what? This one. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what I thought the point was. The point was, that wasn't the point. The point was, you spent $30 to get this? Yes, I did, because it was Faith No More, Introduce Yourself, which is my favorite Faith No More record. It's going to last a lifetime, and that burrito is going to be out of your body tomorrow. Um, Whenever Nick sees the record store anywhere, I hear, I'm sure, like, someone somewhere in their brain has the Admiral Akbar. Richard Trapp! And that's like what happens because like it's a trap for Nick's wallet, as is it would be mine. Here in St. Louis, um, we have more record stores than most cities. I could probably name when you come in, when you come in and you get to explore this wonderful old river city with me, I will take you to minimum of ten. You pick a number and that's how many we'll go to. Oh boy, that's a that could be problematic because like I got to make sure I have enough dough for this trip. Um, but then not the, to mention steaks and barbecue and beers and I merch the, at the show. I, I got the steaks; it's fine. No, 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 no. Uh, and, and barbecue is my thing and not yours, so I have to have loot for proper. Uh, no, no, barbecue. I will take. I'll take you to Sugar Fire Smokehouse. I'll All get right. a brisket. It's fine. Their brisket is delicious. Anyway, wonderful. Then I, I um, came up with this idea a couple of months ago that I finally put into practice. What I have noticed on Discogs is in, in Europe, a lot of records I want from that that soft middle, early to middle 90s period are way cheaper. But it costs like 20 to, 20 to $30 to ship them. So I'm now buying them and sending them to Duncan's house. Oh, cool. And then have him send you a bundle someday. Yes. That's pretty brilliant. I thought about doing that with... Uh... My main man, Steve Tovey of Ghost Cult or Gary, you know, somebody in the UK. Like, I think that one of the labels sent me like at that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That gorgeous Black Sabbath thing. Like Black Sabbath poster to Gary. I have to double check if he ever got it. But anyway. So I picked up uh, a copy of David Lee Roth, A Little Ain't Enough. That's a great one. Okay. It only costs $7 plus shipping. Nice. So it's only going to cost me a total of $17 once I get four at his house. Okay. I am feeling Score. genius. And you know your friend is going to pack them beautifully. So, oh, he does. Uh, oh, God. He packs them wonderfully. Because yeah. I see how he packs his uh, merch and his uh, band stuff. Um, we love Duncan here. We love Duncan Evans. Um, Sorry, I had a long vinyl check-in. You hit me. You did. I don't have as long, so I'll be brief so we can get to the Monty Python of it all. Um, still, I, I, have, I, have, I was really, really gentle 
on record store day. I really did not want to go, but I was tempted to go buck wild. There was a lot of cool stuff that came out. Um, I'm going to start really padding my collection with the classics. And I think I'm going to go back and buy like one of each from all the, my, my top 10 bands or my top 20 bands that I don't have and That's just go buy a few at a time. That's what I've been doing the last yeah. year. And, and just fill really out the collection. Good. Luckily, like I said, some of these bands don't have a lot of great records. Some of them do. Um, some things are showing up that I haven't gotten yet that I ordered a long time ago. So I know Blackwater Holy Light is delayed and I'm still not getting it. Oh, the Mega Ran record is finally shipping. Oh, wow. That's cool. That I bought that... in February. Right. Right. That's like very similar to um, my tragic story of, of Iron Maiden. Uh, the, the replacement came bashed up also. I'll just too long. Didn't read. Go look at the at ghost called Keithy tweets, uh, rage tweeting. Don't, don't buy anything. From don't Walmart. look. Don't buy them. anything from Walmart unless you need that place to survive and feed your family. And don't buy vinyl from them. Fuck them. Anyway, uh, Marissa Nadler arrived today. I haven't gotten it from the po downstairs from the lockers, but my Marissa Nadler is finally here. Sort of an underappreciated missed album from this year. Should have factored in higher in my lists. She is a genius. Uh, I did get a brand new pressing of Garage Days Revisited by Metallica as sold by Gibby Metal. Hang on. Cause revisited? The first one. The actual or, EP. The 598 EP. No, Re-revisited. Re that is Riri. Which is a, which is a pun on Garage, you know, on Bob Dylan from the 60s. That's where no, that title well, comes from. Garage Days Revisited was Creeping Death. Yeah, Creeping Death. and Side M. B of Creeping Death. Yeah, Side B of Creeping Death. Am I Evil? Um, which they told, people, they told people for years that was their song, by the way. It's better uh, when they do it. It is, but like, it's still, it's still cool. Um, and then I did make a minor purchase on Black Friday, I still didn't pre-order anything major. I did anything new. There are new things. I mean, Cult of Luna, new record. I probably should have did that already. There's a few new things getting announced that I really badly want. I think Voivod is going to announce a new record by tomorrow after we've recorded this. Um, I did get, there was an awesome Black Friday sale for Machine Head, one of my favorite bands. If you know, you know. And they, in addition to like, when, a, uh, I saw them during one of Rob's relapses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the early days were rough. They were all fucked up, and then they got better, and they're still brilliant. But uh, they were selling shirts for six dollars, so I got like a shirt. Oh, nice! Not from their great, not from one of their better records, but like I got a machine, a new Machine Head shirt, so hey, that's cool. All six. shirts sound the same. <laughs> they do, especially black shirts. And then. I got, they had a series of singles from their album a few years ago, well, not quite a few years ago, Killers and Kings from Bloodstone and Diamonds. And they had a series of singles with unique artwork and colored vinyl. And they were all like five bucks each. So I was like 20 bucks plus shipping for the shirt and three vinyls. And they threw in like a couple of freebie things too. I was like, I can part with the money. Um, I, uh, I, 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 I want to, unload on record store day for a moment if you're done if you're not done yeah Pete, I'll, I'll... i'm pretty much done i had to put some other money into my new setup here i finally got my second monitor in so and and then i had struggled to put it together because i'm a noob but like I've, I've had to make some improvements to the ghost co headquarters studio this week so like that kind of took what would have been my record money 
You know, I uh, <clears throat> I hate Record Store Day. You said this. I detest it. It Record Store Day to me is like going out to a bar on Cinco de Mayo or New Year's Eve or St. Patrick's Day. It is amateur day. It is the Valentine's Day of things. Yes, Correct. I agree. I don't disagree. And uh, last year, yeah, last year there was the Ace Fraley Trouble Walk and re-release from E1, 5,000 copies, which is probably about as many copies as the original record was pressed to as it was in 1989 in that really weird spot. And I went to five stores and I couldn't get a copy of it. And that was the first time that I've ever gone out to go get one. Do I have record store day purchases? Yes. Do I, did I get them on eBay? Of course. Did I pay exorbitant prices? No. I have um, the record store day release of Carcass Choice Cuts. I have that because at the t- I wanted Heartwork and the couple, you know, as much of Heartwork as I could get. And at the time, Heartwork was like $60, $70, Or I could get this for 15 Years later, nobody cared. I've also got Roger Waters' The Wall Live in Berlin, which was released last year. I told somebody on a Pink Floyd website that if I found a copy of uh, Roger Waters Live in Berlin for 30 bucks, I'd buy it. So I did. And I'll buy every copy of The Wall I can get. And I've also got uh, Beastie Boys' Some Old Bullshit, which it's got Cookie Puss. And if you don't know Cookie Puss, fuck you. And First of all, have you ever had a, an actual Cookie Puss, by the way? No, I've only been to New York once. Okay. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I, I, you can get Carvelas now in supermarkets. So what you want to do when when the next major holiday, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Father's Day, go look in your supermarket freezer for a Carvel, Fudgy the Whale, Cookie O' Puss for St. Patrick's Day. Go get one. I've never seen Carvel here. Really? Really. Tragic. A lot of, a lot of people forget uh, St. Louis. Like you posted the – I know. On Ghost Cult today, you posted the new Iron Maiden tour dates. No tour date for you. And that, which makes the second tour in a row, they've skipped us. Bastards. Which is un, which is uh, unfortunate, or as I would say, unfortunate. But I think we have meandered long enough. We have so meandered. Um, I will. I just want to say one last thing that for those in the sound of my voice that do know Carvel and maybe are from New York City or the tri-state area. Our tri-state area, because other places have a tri-state area that is not the New York no, tri-state I'm in the, area. I'm in but the bi-state. I'm in the bi-state. It's fine. The owner of Carvel used to do his own commercials. And if you go look this up on YouTube, his voice was more horrifying than every death metal vocalist ever. He was like, I'm Tom Carvel. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Right for him. Anyway. So. It's, time for some, it's time for some mirth. Let's get funny. So we're going to start with. Uh, Monty Python's previous record. This album is released in late in early December 1972 and or uh, 1973 in the United States. It is 45 minutes long. Released on Charisma Records in the UK and Buddha Records in the United States. In 1973, who was Buddha's main employee in the United States? I do not know. Oh, snap cakes. Neil Bogart. Oh, no way. Okay. Neil Bogart leaves Buddha Records that same year to start Casablanca Records. 
And Fair enough. This record is one of the many wonderful, silly things uh, from Monty Python. It has largely, this is the last record they did that is largely done with skits. Pop, it's largely populated with skits from the television show, the last one. And they still have two more studio records of sketches. Indeed, indeed. This is you're up. Yeah, yeah. This is uh yeah, this is got some classic stuff on it. Oh my god, and and stuff that people should know. If you don't know, get acquainted, as I like to say, because you should know this stuff. I'm gonna just I'm gonna go through let's each because instead of doing you know the track by track, because there's eight hundred tracks and this would be a seven hour podcast, which I don't think anybody wants to listen to me that long. I'm shocked anybody listens to me for an hour. So I'm going to shoot through with my my highlights here. Uh, Are You Embarrassed Easily? The Wankel Rotary Engine, amazing sketch. Money Program, hysterical. Australian Table Wines. And The Perth Pink. And this, mess- this bottle has a message in. And that message is, beware. This is not a wine for drinking. This is a wine for laying down and avoiding. Hysterical. Uh, argu- argument clinic. Oh, argument. Argument clinic is my favorite track on the whole record. Uh, that because is I, like yeah. my life right there. And yeah. so it, it, a week and a half ago, three weeks ago, they're talking about a Christmas party at work. And uh, my boss says, I want to meet the woman that can put up with Nick for t- seven days a week. At which point the women in the office start then trying to determine her qualities and one of them says, well, she's an attorney, so she must be really good at arguing. So, you know, this, this, this rings true for me. Uh, pepper pots, which are hysterical. Fish license and half a bee. And, of course, the travel agent. Because if you don't love the travel agent, I might hate you. Uh, the Yangtze sketch. And let's see. And Happy Valley was a fun one. Happy Valley was actually not on excuse me, not on the Flying Circus program, but on one of the German programs, which I've never seen. They recorded it in English for this. this. Same. Here's another good one. Uh, And now a massage from the Swedish Prime Minister. Do you know why that's on there three three times? Why is it on there three times? Originally, and we'll get back to this, put a pin in this because we're going to get back to it on the next record. They were going to put multiple grooves on the album. Yes, this actually did happen. Yes. So that every time, and then every, every groove on, this, on that side was going to start with that sketch. So you didn't realize until the second sketch. Uh, Monty Python's Practical Jokes on vinyl. And I, I did listen to both of these records on vinyl because I'm a douche. And I have them on vinyl. So <laughs> one of the things that... It I mean, at is, least you acknowledge that it is. Look, I know what I am. I'm fine being what I am. One of the things that work is whenever anything comes up, somebody responds with, Nick, do you got that on vinyl? Fuck you, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that bad, but yeah. Look, um, I mean, have you actually seen what's going on behind me? Yeah, well, I mean, we're on a podcast, so it's not going to help, but I like the shelves. I like the shelves. Yeah. Wife says I can't get another one, but we'll see how that goes. 
Well, you got the new house coming, so like you just you have a whole room of those. Oh, I will. I will. She's I will. gonna she's gonna have to like it. So she knew what she got into when she married you. No, this actually came years into the marriage. Oh, oops. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> she made a mistake. It is too late to run. Too late. I, uh, I as my mom always said, my mom used fond of saying, "We would have got divorced, but we were too poor." I'm Next, not gonna, I'm not going to say anything. Moving on, I, I I'll say this: I take care of the kid, I make her lunches, so I'm indispensable. I like it. What are your highlights of this spectacular? As I mentioned, the oh, argument just for the record, we are is only my discussing life. the original track listing, not the bonus track listing of the early aughts. We are not discussing the bonus track listing. That's right. And it feels like you went through the UK release because the US release, I think, like all the others, is a little later. A little longer, too. Yeah, second beer. Is this the same beer or something else? No, I I cannot do another one of those. Uh, uh, this is my, my standard craft lager by Upslope Brewing. Nice. Delicious. Yeah, I can't, you know, uh, a book at bedtime money song. A book at table. Bedtime. Holy fuck. Table wine, argument, fish license, things that were TV show, things that I know and love from Oh, speaking television. of fish license, uh, because of the vinyl. Uh, side A is side A, and the other side is the half a B side. Got it. <clears throat> and Elk, underrated. You like that one? Not a big fan. I do. I do. Massage from the Swedish Prime Minister. Any version is hilarious to me. A massage. And, and again, it's the delivery as much as it is the humor. So, like, sometimes the delivery of a thing can send something over the edge of hilarity for me, much more so than just the context. And so, again, I'm... completely with you. Monty Python has this. What I love about Monty Python and what they have really done to my sense of humor, which has ruined me for social interaction in America, is the deadpan. Because I can look at you and say, I fucked my mother. Which Monty Python did that. And I wish they hadn't. Keith, Indeed. He's me the, Keith, Keith, he's giving me the side eye. Not at all. Not at all. No side eye, my friend. I yeah. am uh, I'm insanely tired. I had a whole day recently where I didn't sleep at all. So I'm just like, I don't know what day it is. Um, 11D. 11D. It's the 11th day of Smarch. What about second breakfasts? Uh, I also want to shout out, um, I really, <laughs> um, Eclipse of the Sun. Oh. <laughs> used to make me laugh so much as a little kid because it's kind of done in this thing that made me want to do radio like 30 years ago. I didn't really equate it to Python because it's an imitation of like uh, World War II newscast reels I, and movies. I took it as an imitation of a soccer broadcast. Okay. okay. When they say, it's all over but the shouting. Yes, it's all over the shouting, and then, um, which is also kind of a sexual reference, by the way. But like, no, that, uh, that's an as, as we gather today for the statement. as we gather today for the that. eclipse of the, they still say it. That's crazy. I don't watch soccer. I watch real football with an oblong brown pigskin. Anywho, I watch football where they use their fucking feet. Yeah, on well, a ball. I I didn't make up the names. Um, but eclipse of the sun, the delivery, the writing, the cleverness, the smarts. 
And them starting so it over great. several times. Several times, which is a very radio thing to do also if you've uh, flubbed the thing on radio. Well, they, so, yeah. These guys got their inspiration from a show called The Goon Show. Uh, if you watch any Monty Python documentary, you will hear these guys pumping the tires of The Goon Show so much. And then they show like little snippets of it, and you're like, oh. That's 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 Python, but it's not Monty Python. Right. So they they loved radio. And again, we we haven't mentioned it this week. We mentioned it a lot last week. In the 1970s, there was not a home video market. There was not a streaming market. We talked about the Quiet Riot documentary two weeks ago. Any one of us can go ahead on YouTube and spend four dollars and watch it. In 1975. You could not watch Monty Python for the life of you unless it was on television. Right. So that's why they released these things. And I'm so thrilled they did. Indubitably. Indubitably. Very good job. Yeah, this is great. Uh, it's three bangers in a row. There's really no bad ones. But, like, the next one's fair to Midland with some brilliance in it. But like, this Whoa. is a great – this is – we're going to argue about it. Shots We're going to argue about it. Shots so on, yeah. on this one, uh, a couple of things I did not enjoy. A minute past, uh, Alistair Cook. Uh, da, 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 the, oh, well, that was the whole track listing. Okay. Uh, Dennis, Dennis Moore's Moore. song, neither of us mentioned, and I also. Uh, I, I was going to say, eh. talk about what you didn't like, and Dennis Moore. That's it, yeah. Yeah, I did not enjoy it. And the the problem with Dennis Moore isn't that it was bad, but it was bad and they kept bringing it back. There's like yeah, say four or five tracks of yeah. Dennis Moore. Let's also say Radio Quiz game is funny the very first time you hear it. And now listening back to it after I don't know how many years in my life, having not heard it, I was like, oh, this is less funny than I remember. But again, that's... Diminishing returns sometimes. Yeah, you know? and the thing about Monty Python is it, it's what six guys thought was funny. And that's, and you know what? I don't think they ever thought about, will this be funny 25 times from now? It's funny today because in 1973, 1972, they didn't think about people watching something over and over. The term rerun had not been created yet. Right. That's true. So it's 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 important to mention yet again we are talking about something from a very different time from 2021. Right. But on this one I would say, you know, like the first Monty Python record, the second Monty Python record, these are just A plus records and there's a little bit of squiff, but a whole lot of winning. And now we can move on to matching tie and handkerchief. We're going to discuss this a little bit before I allow, allow Keefe to talk a bit, because I don't believe uh, uh, I don't believe you listened to this on the vinyl as I did. And I have listened to none of these on the vinyl. I have appreciated them greatly on YouTube music. Oh, totally. No, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just pointing out that I listen to them as intended. And because I, I I like to feel superior listening to things on vinyl when I can. And this is one of those times. 
So matching tie and handkerchief has no track listing on the physical product. Zero. Side one is listed as side two. Free and it says free record side two. Side two is listed as free record side two. Then we get into the severe practical jokes of side two. Side two has two sides. So depending upon where you drop the needle, you're going to get five tracks. Mm. So basically everything Andy Kaufman did in terms of practical <gasps> jokes with the medium, Monty Python already did all of it, spiked the football, and like Socrates did in the match against the Germans, flicked the header in, scored a goal, and slid on his knees. And no matter what the German said, it was not offside, which I don't believe that's on any of these records, actually, which is unfortunate. But so, yeah, it's it's the idea. And originally, they didn't even sell them in record stores. They sold them in clothing stores. Right. <laughs> which, I mean, just the, the sheer insanity of all of this. And this is the only... Uh, the previous record I had on two mediums, I had it on CD from the with the bonus tracks, and then I got it on vinyl. And then Matching Tie and Handkerchief I had on 8-track, which I found at the bottom of a stereo in the late 80s, and on vinyl now. So That is crazy. You want to start this one off? Yeah, man, I will. Um, <clears throat> this is probably the last of their albums that draws at least half of its material from television Mo no most uh, of it most of it isn't it's only about 25 percent from television oh okay well then i would say that most of the ones that i know are from television <clears throat> yeah okay. um it was recorded at abbey road which is incredible uh they this were was recorded you know... at abbey road <clears throat> the same place where wish you were here was recorded all right about the same time too <clears throat> actually about the same time dark side was out uh so they were probably, uh, yeah, like the next record, one of the next records in this building was probably Wish We Here. Completely um, ridiculous. Right. And there is, um, but yeah, they, they definitely, uh, you know, they're getting a little refined and nuanced more than, you know, they, they it was a choice. Everything is a choice, right? So the album cover artwork is a choice. I'm not sure if you know that whole story. Yeah. <clears throat> the, uh, the the matching tie and handkerchief actual photo is a guy hanging on the gallows and the tie do, and handkerchief I, yeah, are on his body. That. Yeah. I have one of the original pressings that has the double groove and we yes, pull it out. That's, that. that's crazy. I just that whole thing is crazy. Again, the subversiveness, the brilliance, the intelligence. And again, they do they do when we were when I was listening to this today. My kid was like, this isn't funny. Why are you listening to this? It's not for kids. I, okay, it's still not funny. And then it gets stuck on side two. And <clears throat> the record stuck. The record stuck. The record stuck. She looks at me and she goes, is it really stuck? I'm like, no. Then she, her response was, wouldn't it be funny if it really was, though? It was really stuck at the moment where they were doing the joke that the record stuck. Well, yeah. Typo so negative and a whole minute of silence. <clears throat> That I mean, this is where that's all, not what happened. Yeah, this is where they all get it from. Um, but yeah, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant record. Um, 
And again, the groove thing, I think it's going to be hard to grasp for people who don't have a physical copy to look at. Maybe you can look it up and see what it looks like, but they used to do... Um, okay, very imagine hitting things. play on Spotify and getting one or two different sides and you didn't know what it was. Right. It, it, when I read that years ago, I la- I mean, I, I didn't know because I had it on... When I originally heard this on 8-Track, and I don't know how many people listening to this have actually ever held an 8-track, much less listened to one. An 8-track is basically four so- four sides. So there's no, you can't do those practical jokes. The fact that they did these practical jokes on vinyl, which especially in the 70s, was susceptible to skipping, was susceptible to scratching because we didn't know how to protect them back then. And then you put the needle down and maybe you get, you know, the history of the world. Maybe you get another sketch, which I'm not going to mention. And it's just like, wow, what the fuck? I, I can't. And there's no track list. So it, it the whole thing is so ridiculous. And I can picture these six people in a room laughing hysterically when one of them mentions it. What if, when they put the needle down, they got something different each time? Right? Just too smart, just too clever, just too on top. Um, I'm going to run through just my favorite tracks really quick. Hit it, Hit it boy. Um, unsurprisingly, again, some of them come from the show. But again, this is a brilliant record. Uh, perhaps my second or third favorite Python thing ever is Cheese Shop. I'm going to start a cheese shop, and I, when I went to Europe and I went to a cheese shop in Holland, I was in there out loud doing the cheese shop sketch to myself because the cheese shop sketch runs through an amalgam, uh, a listicle of British cheeses, French cheeses, Italian cheeses, and Dutch cheeses. Let's try this. It's not much of a cheese shop, is it? No. Oh, you failed. It's the finest. The, the response is, it's the finest in the district. Oh, right, right. Okay. I'm what getting ready for the you, cheeses. What leads you to that conclusion? It's so clean. Right. Sorry. I love, that is a great sketch. I mean, that is, that is classic Palin and Cleese. Yeah, you they can never did, do it justice. No, and they did those listicles together all the time. That was that was their thing. I might have inspired, uh, might have influenced uh, our boy Roger from Pink Floyd. Um, Shocking, it would not be. Yeah, some of this, yeah, like yeah, like uh, Dead Bishop is good. Bruce's oh, song, God. great actors. Ralph Ralph uh, Mellish, novel writing. Elephantoplasting, elephantoplasting is like yeah. a little over time. It's diminished for me. It was funnier back then. Um, and probably boxing tonight because that's another one similar to the eclipse, where it's kind of like a, you know, a record shop. How could I forget record shop? Oh, <laughs> it's probably record shop could be the story of Nick's whole life. Could be. And then Oscar Wilde, of course, is uh, the, well, as we aforementioned, discussed the... Your Highness is like a stream of bat's piss. What? 
Oh, it was one of Wilds. Uh, what I meant was, you you shine like a shaft of gold when all around is dark. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is some of the greatest comedic genius. I mean, there was an episode of The State, a sketch in The State. And I, I, I love sketch comedy more than I think most Americans do. That's just like, I, I love it. I've grown up on it and loved it. And there was a sketch where they did highbrow and lowbrow comedy simultaneously, where you had a guy telling a joke about Winston Churchill in a smoking jacket next to a dude in overalls and nothing else, blowing whoopee cushions in his face. And this sketch does the highbrow and lowbrow simultaneously, but only in one screen. And it's just, it's just, I, I'm sorry, I interrupted. I'm so no, sorry. no, no, I really had nothing else. Um, okay, well then I'm gonna go. Pet. Uh, oh, Pet Conversions is a one that I didn't love. Yeah. Uh, Wasp Tiger Club, meh. Yeah. Word Association, meh. Novel Writing, meh. So, you know, there are some great ones. I will, I will, I really am not familiar with some of the bonus ones from the later reissues, so I'm going to skip. Uh, I don't recall them. I'm not, actually, I don't recall them because I've never heard them. That's why I don't yeah. Uh, for me, on side one, you have Election Forum, which is one of my absolute favorite Monty Python sketches. Tarquin Fimtim Limbim Wimbim Bimbim Bustoff Patang Patang Ole Biscuit Barrel. Oh, hey! Uh, Dead Bishop, love Dead Bishop. What diocese? Tattooed on the back of the neck. Uh, again, Elephantoplasty a little bit. And it's, it's okay. It worked a lot better. I, I would imagine that would work better as a visual sketch than it would as a radio sketch. Uh, that was not a Monty Python uh, flying circus sketch. Novel writing. I love novel writing. Bless you. Everybody gets one a day. That's your one. Um, I muted myself. You did not. Damn it. Yeah. So word association, eh, pointless. It's, it's, it, if you've ever seen Kevin Nealon's Mr. Subliminal, it's 20 times better than this, which is unfortunate. Uh then we got uh, Ralph Mellish, eh. Cheese Shop, oh, there is no question about how amazing that one is. Uh, background to History, this one is interesting because this is Neil Innes doing the vocals and the speeches. So that is not a member of, uh, a traditional member of Monty Python doing that one. That one is a sketch where you basically have these rock singers singing songs about historical things uh record shop love that one uh first world war noises eh. oscar wilde love it my favorite though is phone in phone in is so and that was the one that i had a conversation with with my kid she's like this i don't get it i'm like well what are the people what is the what's the you know what a phone in show she's like yeah I used to listen to one on 107.7. Okay. Well, what is the question? They're, they're talking about farming. Okay. And who do they have answering these questions? She's like, I don't know. Psychiatrists. She's like, okay. Like, what would a psychiatrist have to say about farming? She's like, nothing. Exactly. And then they get one question about farming and they won't answer it. They, they hang up. She's like, I, I don't get this. I, I don't get this at all. Well, that's fine because they talk about things I don't want you hearing about because you're ten. Right. 
Indeed. Um, again, this holds up for me. I think so the earlier ones I love more. But again, she shops inclusion on here yet again. Can't go wrong. It's it's I could listen to that again forever. And uh, I still I, I still do. <laughs> yeah. Again, you got to go to a cheese shop and do the cheese shop at least in your head, if not out loud. And uh, I mean, what can you say about these six people? We are talking about highly educated, extraordinarily intelligent people doing surreal comedy. That's what this is. And as much as I love the state, as much as I love Vacant Lot, as much as I love Mad TV, as much as I love Strangers with Candy and all of those things, none of them are as smart as Monty Python. Yo, truth. Smart comedy is the best comedy. I have no idea how long we've gone on this. No, if we've surprisingly gone shorter than usual, but uh, you know, these are very deep albums that take a little bit of getting around to. We cannot really do them justice, like we have some of the other things that are a little more meat and potatoes. Agreed, and you know, I don't regret this as much as Quiet Riot, but oh, so many regrets. Let's I will not. never recover. We probably should listen to Metal Health together when I see you. Just or you know, drink and rage. Uh, and I don't know if you've heard. If you, I don't know if you've heard me say this, but I have it on vinyl. Here lies Nick Cameron. I have it on vinyl. I hope. I mean, that would be awesome. I'm sorry. I my my thing with vinyl. It actually started in 2015, right? And I'm gonna—I I don't think I've ever discussed this publicly, but I'm—I I couldn't sleep. I'm, I'm staring at the ceiling fan because it's St. Louis, and we got ceiling fans in every fucking room because it's hot as balls in the summer. I think it was like in—I think it was in the winter, like February, late winter. And I'm thinking to myself, and at this time, I had 50 unread emails at the Glacially Musical email address. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I never need to buy a CD again. I never need to buy music again in my life. But I want to support these bands. Well, I'm not going to buy a CD because I don't even have a CD player. I just listen to my phone. And I thought, well, you know what? Maybe it's time to get with the kids and start buying those vinyl things. And I already had a turntable. A friend of mine gave me one that I wasn't using. And that basically became why I started, in order to support the bands whose music I got for free. And then that happened. You know, that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> and I, uh, I love that take. Um, shameless, shameless plug. Probably my favorite personal highlight of the year for Ghost Cult, besides going back to shows personally, is that I interviewed Frank Bello of Anthrax. And we spent a good period. He's got a new memoir out that's pretty amazing. And there's a lot of similarities to Bronx guys, broken homes, yada, yada. But we were talking about the places we used to buy records as little kids and how you couldn't hear the whole record. You only heard the single or two. And we talked about these 
the record store was like a mythological candy land to me. I came from a pretty impoverished background. So anything that I ever got, I really treasured. Anything. If I got a G.I. Joe, I loved it intensely. Actually, my mother used to just kind of like scrimp and save money. And Star Wars became, I was so obsessed with Star Wars. And all my friends had Star Wars everything. And I didn't have much. That she like went out of her way to buy me like extra Star Wars figures. And the big Darth Vader carry case. And the little kid she babysat for grabbed a bunch of her nail polishes and nail polished the fuck out of my Star Wars toys. And then that kid became a friend of mine like 20 years later. But like, fuck that experience when you're four and five and six. But, um, and seven and eight. But, um, so I bought my first record and it really... I mean, I'll always love music. I was I, like, I really remember singing as much as I do talking, and I talk a lot more than most human beings. I talk, and so I love music. I love listening. I love singing. I love talking, and um, and talking in the first person, and so and third person. Keefe loves music, and so buying that first record, seeing my brother's passion for music, even though he was a douche. And checking out his music and watching him play his Les Paul terribly in the bedroom and stuff and play Kiss covers competently eventually and eventually making his own music changed me. Changed me. And so picking up that Kiss record in my hands in 1977 with money I saved from my meager fucking allowance for months and not buying candy and not spending that money on anything else and just trying to buy that Kiss record. Or any Kiss record, actually. I didn't know I was going to get that one until I came to the store and saw it. But, like, rock and roll over. It changed my whole everything. And so the fact that vinyl has made, like, a huge comeback and it's collectible and it's, you know, like... Okay, I'm whining and crying about this fucking bashed-up Senjutsu triple vinyl from Walmart. But, like, I'm fucking pissed because I love this fucking thing. And, I, you know, it's an inanimate object and it can't love me back. But I love hearing it. I'm going to go put it on after this podcast is over and listen to it again. And, and I have been I'm... looking at my Iron Maiden section a lot this week. I don't know why. I just have. Well, we've, we've already done Maiden, so we can't go back unless you want to do another era of Maiden, which won't be as satisfying <laughs> as the greatest era of any band ever, probably. <laughs> um, but anyway... I'm, That's I'm all. I'm just, just saying, saying. Like, why I do we look at this? I just yeah. Look. Why do we do this? Why do we? Why did we end up together as friends? Why do we end up nerding out over this shit? Because like it's a passion. Right? We're passionate about it, uh, and we had to have a little bit of suffering. We can't just jo off over all these things all the time, N- nut all the time verbally over these albums that are flawless. You have to have a quiet riot in there. Um, you you, you really know, you do. Have I a, mean, I I agree whole heartedly and you know music is an ex- music to me and <clears throat> the question becomes what is art and however you answer that is correct my answer is is an expression of an emotion at that time and unfortunately not every expression is going to resonate with me regardless of who is doing it there are Metallica songs whom I love, I don't like. There are Led Zeppelin songs I don't like. There are Pink Floyd songs I don't like. And unfortunately, Quiet Riot had a run that I didn't like. But Well, their whole run 
except the first couple. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you have anyway, to suffer for this. And the last two. I haven't heard them. I don't like Dizzy Pearl. I just you, don't like them. You legitimately have to suffer with the artist sometimes. And that was Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot was us looking back at this, these moments and going, so that's why the Monty Python section is so. That that's a big part of why I chose it. Was to have something we can look back on and go, "This is funny, this is good." These are very hard times. I say that in every Ghost Cult music, you know, uh, news show, the weekly ritual news show. I end every week with that sentiment that these are tough times, and you want to take care of yourself. And some of self care is laughing at the absurdity and the pain of life. And uh, I certainly have no, neither of us have had a shortage on those two fronts. And uh, as I swill the end of my beer. And uh, yeah, man, these records are a gift. And if you're having a tough time, they will make you smile. And I, I they're not done yet. We're not done yet by any stretch. We have two more episodes yet to go. Uh, two this, more? Holy shit. I mean, we probably could do 10 more, but we'll do two more. I think we'll do two more. I know there's a live record next. I, you know, I'm not a big live record person. Very few of them are, you know, that great. But like, you know, yeah, we're 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 different there. Some of them are great. Some of them are not. All uh, right. Well, I, I we're just rambling. I, I've got. Yeah, we're, we should wrap it up. I'll I'll hand it to you for the final. All right. Salvo. Well, See us out, uh, homeboy. I, I will say that Monty Python is one of the one of the smart. Let me start over. I got excited and I'm coughing up in myself. Monty Python is by no shit. Um, Monty Python, by any metric, is definitely the smartest sketch comedy of all time. If it, if you find it funny, that is unusual because Monty Python is surrealistic humor. And right now in 2021, after living 2020, surrealism is what has gotten me through every day i feel like my life has become surrealist my the our political leaders for the past five years have been fighting each other on social media like they were teenagers and that does not that crosses party lines so to be able to have this moment where you hear about the minister of overseas development being treated like a baby is heartwarming and that's all I'm going to say about that sketch. And that is all I'm going to say about Monty Python this week. We will catch you next week. Thank you very much for listening. If you could, please leave a star review for the Glacial Musical Podcast. We appreciate every each and every one of our listeners. This is the holiday season. Uh, I dig you. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you next week. Keefe, hit me. This is the Glacial Musical Podcast. Doesn't play in Peoria.